we need to go back as brands and as marketers, we need to go back and reanalyze where our audience is right now, the new habits that they have developed and how can we effectively and empathetically communicate to them. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hi, Gavin here, episode 106 of the Business Mastermind podcast. Times are changing as we know, but so are the things that are standing out in terms of digital marketing and the strategies that you need to be following. I speak to Nira Perez from Spring Hill Digital, um, based in Portland and Oregon. And we talk about some of the things that you need to be paying attention to your digital marketing right now, how the shift of your focus needs to be. I actually build on an earlier conversation that I had with Kelly Teasdale about the tone of marketing on an earlier podcast. We go into some really interesting uh, insights, including how your marketing team needs to be focusing on tracking, analyzing and researching right now so that you can enable them to either refine your product or service offering or refine who you are offering that to. Straight into an episode now with Nira Perez, Spring Hill Digital from Portland, Oregon. Hello, Gavin here. Welcome back to the Business Mastermind podcast. Today, I'm sat down with Nira, Nira Perez from Spring Hill Digital across the pond in Portland, Oregon. Um, Nira and a team at Spring Hill Digital are specialists in paid me- media, and um, that's where they've zoned in on, in Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, and also do some native advertising as well on Outbrain and Taboola. So, Nira, welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Thank you having me here. So today what I want to do is hear a little bit about your journey in Spring Hill, how you came to set up um, the agency yourself, um, and maybe some examples, case studies of the kind of work that you do for your clients just to set the scene. And then after that, I'd like to talk about how you have seen the trends of digital marketing changing over these COVID-19 times and going forward, what do you think that people need to do differently um, as a result of the changes that you've observed? Yeah, absolutely. So I started in advertising through actually TV commercials, but they were um, direct response TV advertising, which is a very fancy name for infomercials. So from the very beginning, I always loved the tracking of the data, knowing how many people called, ordered, how to optimize, just always based on the data that we were seeing. Uh, So when paid media in digital advertising with Facebook ads is starting to be big, um, and then Google ads also starting to be big, then the transition was easy for me. Um, It was very attractive to have that. Um, instant gratification of how many people clicked um, and if they converted in order. So um, I worked for a digital agency and um, in 2016, I decided to found um, Spring Hill Digital. And yes, the decision was to just go into paid media, not to specialize in an industry per se, but specialize in this part of marketing, knowing that whenever we 
are the best is whenever we learn from different industries and apply those learnings across the border. Um, that's that's what I really wanted to do. Just really know your paid media um, and the, and how a brand could be successful in the different platform. So in in, so info, that in direct well. response TV and infomercials. I would imagine you saw the data very, very quick, almost instantaneously with the ad going out there, then you could see the results of whether that ad converted. Yeah, it was not as instantaneous. It was, it's definitely more instantaneous um, than the just branding uh, TV or regular ads. But remember, it was TV. It was, now I'm going to date myself. It was long time ago and it was tapes it was vhs tapes that we had to send oh, yeah 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 uh remember vhs tapes? um so uh we had to send it to the stations and we would see it the day after okay and sometimes yeah. depending on the call center maybe it was a week after but it was definitely uh more real time than other channels um i mean whenever you compare that to right now where i can put an ad and within five minutes I can see how it's performing, right? Then, um, you know, one day seems like a long time. Uh, but yeah, we will get a file with uh, the number of calls, the number of orders, even where in the script they fell off. Like if they called and after one question they hung up, we knew it. And so we could optimize the script, which in this case is more of, what happens from the moment they the people see the ad to the moment they land in your page and whether they convert or not? Where do they go with Google Analytics, with Facebook Pixel? We can see that uh, right now, real time. Uh, but then, you know, and was it a relatively easy transition for you having that background information, mm -hmm. infomercials, and being very data driven? It was relatively easy for you to to be as effective. On social media, yes, yes, yes. On on paid social media, um, it was it was really rewarding. It was actually just taking the best things about direct response advertising and just putting them uh, all together. And it's like, here you go. Not only you can optimize based on data, but the data is actually real time. Yeah. So it was amazing. So I suppose with direct response TV, um, I, you haven't you're not playing against an algorithm, are you? You're you're learning around human persuasion and about how you pitch and the timing of your art and the sequencing of the journey or the story mm -hmm. you take people down so that they are emotionally in a position where they want to buy. Obviously, the world is a lot more complex when you've, you've still got to do that on social, paid advertising on social, but you've also, of course, got to be trying to second guess or do your best at uh, estimating how to structure a campaign that's going to rank against a, within a, an algorithm. Yeah. Yes. So TV, the algorithms are not there. And that's true. The, the analysis is a little bit different. Um, the algorithms in digital advertising helps us a lot um, because they're creating a profile of you as a user. And they know the traits that you have and how effectively you will be able to digest that ad. Um, in TV, it was more, we did that part, right? We actually analyzed, if you were watching um, History Channel, then these were the topics that you would like. Okay. This was probably your demographic. This is, so we could actually um, target you effectively. So the algorithm, it's a, it's a nice helper, 
but you shouldn't just trust all your advertising to the algorithm because I've found many many times that the algorithm, you know, doesn't do what I want it. Right. They add to. And this whole space of um, social media or digital marketing and paid advertising is is a rapidly changing space, isn't it? And so, how how do you and yep. your team? keep abreast of all the developments and the changes in this space? That's a great question. So, yeah, we dedicate um, anywhere from two to three hours a week right. um, that as a minimum just to keep up with um, new things that happen to the algorithm, how other people are, um, are uh, reacting to the algorithm, um, things that are working, things that are not working. Um, Facebook has a a partnership program with agencies so they put information out there i follow their blog i am groups within facebook within linkedin where people share their challenges and so we learn from their challenges where we all help each other and then um we listen to a lot of podcasts as well okay <laughs> podcasts like these. yeah sure so the, you, you're sort of um pulling together data from a lot of different sources your own experiences with the campaigns that you run for your own clients other professionals in the in the market mm-hmm. uh, and obviously like podcasts as well so y- you're dedicating your professional lives to being up to date and sharing best exactly. practice so an individual we, we had a little conversation before we pressed record and we we're saying that whilst it looks easy to set up a campaign on facebook or instagram uh you, you could quickly spend a lot of money without getting a return couldn't you yes and you could make many many mistakes and that's a, a lot of clients we start right there just educating them on what we're going to do Um, so that they understand. Because whenever you set up, like the first part of it, setting up a goal, it looks sort of trivial, um, but it is hugely important because that first step is going to determine many things after that, how your ad sets are established, how you can optimize, what options are in your ad. So um, educating the clients also on what do you really want to do? and and translating that into how do we make the algorithm help us achieve what you want to do? Because it's not the same to have, as an example, a brand awareness campaign where you want impressions or you want, um, you know, reach or frequency is not the same as, no, I want people to actually like my ad or comment on my ad, or do I actually just really, really want to convert them? Right. I'm telling the algorithm, just go all the way down to the end of the customer journey and convert people. I don't care how many impressions. Maybe it's three impressions, but if I get one client, then I'm Uh, happy. Or do I want to have my brand in front of 30,000 people, even if they don't convert right And how you set up, depending on which of those two, how you set up the campaigns is quite different. Exactly. And that's something that, again, once you get, going back to your comment, once you start... Um, getting into Facebook Ads Manager, it's it's all click click click. It just it really looks easy. Yeah. It's like, oh, brand awareness, sure, brand awareness. But then you spend a lot of money and impressions. Where what you really really wanted, once you analyze what you wanted, it was people actually landing on your page, not just seeing your ad. So um, yeah, I I must admit that the Ads Manager looks really simple. Um, 
and it looks really easy to set up. But yeah, you can get in a lot of trouble. Really easy to spend money with it. <laughs> yes, very easy to spend money. And money is not the problem. Spending money is not the problem. <laughs> yeah. So what what do, what are some of the mistakes that people make when they when they try to set up their uh, paid social media? In um, so one distinction is not being clear about whether you want to go for impressions to build brand awareness or whether you want to optimize for conversion. Um, exactly. W- what are some of the other sort of rookie mistakes that people would make? So one rookie mistake that people do, and this is with digital marketing in general, is just driving traffic to your homepage, just with no clear route for the customer to take. Um, it, I'm not against it. And I have clients which, in very particular scenarios, we will drive people to their landing page. But in general, you want audiences to take an action Mm -hmm. to do something for you to to go through a journey just define that journey if you just dump them in the homepage, they're going to get lost at some point they're going to start clicking around or not even be interested and leave so that's one and kind of related to that tracking is important so whether you use the pixel itself or you use utms you need to track what the audiences do in your page and what kind of audiences do what. Um, And this is something that sometimes is not considered, especially if you're setting up an ad real fast, you forget, oh, I need URL parameters or URL um, UTM tracking or something that allows you to see what that person did. Because it is important to see once they arrive at your landing page, why did they not convert? Mm -hmm. Right. So you want to or track why their behavior. You want to try. Exactly. So what's a UTM? Just, just so that is, if anybody listening doesn't know, UTM? UT- yes, UTMs are the parameters that you add to your URLs. So you will see the URL. Now I'm telling secrets. Now people are going to start cleaning up their, <laughs> their URLs. So you have, um, as an example, springhilldigital.com. Yeah. And then after that, there might be a question mark. And then you see campaign equals blah, blah, blah. Uh, source equals blah, blah, blah. And so that's telling Google Analytics and uh, mainly, but any other uh, tracking system, what campaign was this ad under? um, What source? Is it Facebook? Is it Twitter? Is it Instagram? What medium? um, What everything about that campaign so that I can identify that ad came from my Facebook and it's the campaign, it's the summer campaign. And you know what is the, the kit? It's not the picture with the ball, it's the picture with the kit. Um, and that uh, one performed okay. better than the one with a certain copy. And so you can start tracking down to, um, to the individual ad. Um, so, uh, yeah, it doesn't affect where you go as much the url is still the sure. same the tracking is for the advertiser so you can is, identify is which is converting the best mm-hmm. which is performing the best great exactly so how do you think the world of um paid social media advertising is changing now the, the, the world of digital marketing is changing through these covid19 times so it's changing in many ways um one of them being in these times, a lot of brands pulled out. Okay. So the news feed um, has not been as crowded. Okay. However, we do have more people um, visiting those platforms because now they have maybe a little bit more of time. Okay. 
as I may, because if you're a parent with kids at home, definitely you don't have any more time. You have oh, less. Tell me about that. <laughs> yes, I must admit, <laughs> I've, I, I've, I've got two young children, uh, two young boys, and I have got very frustrated with some posts on my social media streams that have said, if you don't emerge from this having developed a new skill or, you know, written a book or uh, et cetera, and I've been going, <laughs> oh, you've not got two kids at home and having to do homeschooling, but... <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, so, yes, uh, I, I, completely, I, I completely agree with that. Um, so, yes, more people... People potentially with eyeballs uh, on mm-hmm. the social media. One of the things that we talked about briefly earlier was about the tone and about actually mm-hmm. getting the mood of the you know the audience right for where they are. I saw I can't just I might get the strut line slightly wrong, but it was a Volvo advert to say the second safest place for you to be right now, and I just thought <laughs> that was just so clever. It named. It got the mood of the, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, of the country or, or, or the nation right, uh, but still mm-hmm. promoted h- how safe their vehicles are, which is I just thought was very clever. Yeah, yes, and that's the tone, the messaging, and you go back to the audience themselves. So they are more in online, but it doesn't mean that they're ready to buy, and it doesn't mean that you should be selling to them. Okay. This is a time where brands can shine and actually be the true humans that are behind the brand yes. just just reflect that Great. right and that you know it's overused but we're in these together but just see what the pain points are of the audience staying at home as i said you will target parents in a different way that you will target somebody that is at home with no kids and mm. just their dog yeah yeah so um yeah absolutely and the tone matters the offers matter the messaging matters um, and that's something that I think a lot of brands didn't realize before because anything went right. You will find a person that will will click on your ad and like it. And now uh, people are not fighting back, but they will they will comment negatively on you um, if you have a tone death um, that message. So which is also not fair, and that's not something that you should ever do to your audience. Respect your audience. Um, but now is the time to also segment that audience because we do not know what comes after COVID-19, but definitely the economy is taking a downturn oh, sure. and we need to start preparing for it. Yeah. So it was abrupt and a lot of brands hit the panic button. Some of them stopped. Some of them just did things that weren't appropriate. Um, now what? We're six, seven weeks into it. Um Let's prepare for the future. And the best way to prepare for the future is to actually take that audience and segment it into um, their feelings. What are they feeling? What is their pain point right now? And how can we serve them better for the future? Also, some businesses have changed their services, right? Sure. Think restaurants yeah, is a yeah, perfect right, example, yeah. or grocery yeah, stores. Yeah, yeah. How are these new services, how are these new habits affecting um, the usage of your brand, because as staying at home for seven weeks, um, people are going to develop new habits and they're going to find new products that probably um, could substitute their uh, more luxurious or premium brands. They're they're going to find brands that are less expensive or habits that are less expensive. Think, you know, taking care of. Um, uh, your skin at home or your your body sure. or instead of going to a gym yeah, yeah. wow now i have this habit of doing yoga at home yeah, yeah. or um so 
and you you we need to go back as 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 brands and as marketers we need to go back and reanalyze where our audience is right now the new habits that they have developed and how can we effectively and empathetically communicate to them Hey, Gavin here. You may remember from an earlier episode of the Business Mastermind podcast, I interviewed Adam Strong about the Game Changer Summit. If you haven't yet put your name down for your free place on it, you need to go to bit.ly forward slash Game Changer Gavin, Game Changer Gavin, all lowercase, or bit.ly forward slash Game Changer Gavin, so that you can listen from full leaders, 30 of them from across the world, including Dr. John Martini, Jack Hanfield from Chicken Soup for the Soul, Jaron Lecter from co-authoring of the Rich Dad Poor Dad series, Jean-Pierre de Villiers, David Horn, who's a multi-company CFO, mind of amazing information around finances and government funding at the moment. Nick Rickson, an amazing brain and business strategist. Kelly Teasdale, a phenomenal marketer and many others and my good self. So go to bit.ly forward slash Game Changer Gavin to secure your free place on the Game Changer Summit. So solid advice. I think that's one of the first things that people, businesses need to be doing now, particularly as they're looking not only to the hopefully uh, impending slowly re- slow release from lockdown, but also impending economic downturn. So what other things mm-hmm. should companies be doing now in terms of their online marketing activity? So uh, tracking and analyzing and researching. That's what I would I will say. Um, take your marketing team and in, instead of just slashing that budget altogether, like that will be just hitting the panic button. Oh my gosh, my sales are down panic button, marketing is out. Sure. That is actually the wrong thing. Just convert your marketing department into a research department. Um, have them uh, look at your audience um, and see where they are and how they are evolving. Because also, this is an unusual downturn, right? Uh, that has been precipitated by a pandemic. I don't think we've ever been here before yeah. Um, in the modern times, I mean, in the United States, we had the pandemic of the Spanish flu in, in the early 1900s. But um, as a modern economy, we have not seen this before. So maintain that marketing and just evolve it. Sure. That's, that's how you have to do. Just make that budget work in a different way. Um, so so tracking, I, I, like that, I like that idea or that phrase, yeah. retask your marketing department to a research department. Mm-hmm. To what end, though? Because obviously you want to be able to then turn that insight into a return. So there's a, exactly. there's a period of research to discover what specifically or to uncover what mm-hmm. what specifically. So so you're going to uncover those new habits, yeah, yeah. those new yeah. ways of talking, and guess what? New channels. Um, as we were, t- you and I talking before, there are channels that are now or platforms that have very young audiences example, TikTok, right? But we have families that have spent time together. And so the parents are starting to get interested in what their kids are doing online and maybe even participate in those TikTok challenges. Mm -hmm. So you have your audiences maybe migrating from a a platform like Facebook or Instagram to now TikTok. Okay. Your marketing department is going to be able to determine that and then lower your costs because if your audience migrates from one platform to another, um, 
then you need to follow them. And if you just remain in the in the forgotten platform, then your costs are going to increase. So, and also these times of change as well. Um, you know, marketing one on one is getting clear on your customer avatar. Uh, now mm-hmm. it, is it also a good time particularly as we're looking for it appeared to potentially some constrained spend in certain sectors and in certain yeah. demographics now would be a really good time to to sharpen in on what avatars are, mm-hmm. are, are going to be in the market and be able to buy your product or service mm-hmm. yes exactly exactly the profile of your audience is changing their economic power is changing um you need to adapt and also if if you were able to adapt if you have new products or services that could help you in the next step in the next um uh you know in the future with these new audiences then you should be investing in them and this is very funny because um whenever you stop advertising whenever you stop your marketing department from doing what they do best which is communicating with their audience and actually receiving feedback you may miss opportunities that arouse as an example uh groceries that didn't have pickup services before where you can drive and they put it all in your trunk and then you drive away maybe that is now something sure. that as a store you you should maintain yeah and that it could give you a lot of um, uh, new revenue where your store traffic is going to be down. So that's just a, a little example, but the same is for restaurants. Um, the same concept. Maybe people now um, are going to be more conscious about going out because they spend more money when they go out than when they order food. So is this a new service as a restaurant that you can offer? Can you modify your restaurant or your business to serve this new uh, opportunity. So um, it is an interesting concept whenever we you ask a brand to continue investing in places where you're not going to see an immediate ROI just because it's going to save you in the future. And so, brands that are stop innovating normally fall behind. For sure. So the um, marketing department really focus on research rather than marketing, focusing in, in on tracking, analyzing, and researching. That's going to give them in data, invaluable data about how they um, can adapt their product service offering or indeed adapt who they are targeting. Is there anything else that they should exactly. be doing now? Um, yeah, I mean, they, they should be still generating uh, communication. They should still be your marketing department. Yeah and exploring those content ideas. So not, you don't just take the marketing department and make it a research department. They should still be marketing. Sure, sure. <laughs> but also investing in like marketing just takes a new meaning. So um, so we had yeah. a conversation just a, a little bit earlier in this conversation about tone, or tone of marketing. Uh, mm-hmm. A hot topic for a hot debate I've sort of be, been a part of in times is when is it okay to sell? And some were saying, mm-hmm. well, my product or service really is fulfilling a need at the moment. So that of course it's okay to sell. And others are saying, well, actually now is, a, is unsensitive, is an insensitive, big pardon, an insensitive time to sell. Um, people's mood and the tone required is probably different in week six or seven as it was in week two. But 
what what's your sort of professional opinion around when's it okay to be placing you know selling in call to actions to put you know to sell your product or your service you know uh it's not mo- a question of when it's more of a question of who oh, okay. um so whenever we're acquiring new audiences uh we are giving them first we are giving them content we are offering our expertise we are talking to them and giving them something that is relevant so that's your new audiences so that's the who once we have established a relationship that's when we can tell them about this need that they have and try to um, present our um, solution to that need so it's not i i never seen as a selling per se is about fulfilling a need where we exchange money but uh, <laughs> you know so Whenever it's just like going to a bar and um, just seeing a, a beautiful person and just going and saying, "Do you want to marry me?" It's never the time. <laughs> no, of course, <laughs> the person doesn't know you. <laughs> of course, you build yeah. a relationship. So yeah. exactly. So you that's 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 where the who comes in is like that. That's not your 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 audience to go and ask for a marry. Now, if you've had a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Um, then yes, you can ask them. But um, so, so yeah, it's not about the time in the year. It's not about the economic time. It's about where in that customer journey, in that relationship with your customer you are in. So um, I will always ask um, audiences that are warm or hot. That's how we'd say cold is an audience that doesn't know you, doesn't even know that it has a problem that needs solution. A warm audience may know the problem, may know your brand. It's You're still kind of courting each other. And a hot audience is somebody that follows you, that you have a relationship with. And then that's when you that's when you ask. That's when you pop the question. Yeah. So in order to keep, to warm that audience up, presumably a key part of that is providing value-added content. Mm-hmm. So exactly. And that will depend again on the audience as to frequency. But do you have any kind of rules of thumb about how much content in what format how frequently yeah yeah so um it depends on the industry sure and um it depends on the on the product even on the brand so also um the i mean if you are selling toilet paper it's totally different than if you're selling a car yes of course correct or or even if you're selling snow tires in the summer, it's going to be tough. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so um, I say that's so particular to every company uh, that you should actually go back to the recommendation that we just say, just track and analyze. Um, I will, there, there are people that will convert really fast. I have um, food uh, companies, brands that work with me, that that's a very instant reward, right? Sure. It's like, oh, I want ice cream. And the relationship happens really fast. But I have B2B um, companies, software as a service, companies that may take anywhere from six months to two years to convert. And it just requires a lot of being up there and and being influencers, being the experts in your area that... um, Just just presenting yourself as those experts because that's what you are. If you make drills 
um, you know, to drill holes in a wall. You know a lot about that hole in the wall. So you can talk about that sure. hole. You can talk about the wall. You can talk. Um, so that's that's where people will see you as experts and then know that you're making products that you know, make the best holes in the world. Yeah. I can tell you that because I worked for a, <laughs> for a manufacturing company that made um, drills. Oh, okay, so. so you're an expert on which type of drill bit for which wall type of wall, yeah. <laughs> so again, you'd probably be industry specific, but do you have a rule around um, or some guidelines around percentage of turnover should be reinvested in marketing spend? Yeah, still very dependent on 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 the industry and the product and that's um that's when we get into trouble is whenever we try to compare um brands uh, against each other and i see these as an example whenever we go into e-commerce and people are like so what what should my conversion be and industry average is three percent and i'm like well hold on a second um your three percent is going to be a very random number if we don't consider that you're selling here you're selling toilet paper and here you're selling diamonds. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how often do you eat that? Do, do you actually buy diamonds? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of inspiration. So I would say if if you can inspire, if you can actually establish that relationship with your with your customers, which is an honest relationship, then you're you're gonna speed up that process. Um, much more. And if you're listening, and you have to show that you're listening, which is the other part of the story that nobody tells you you have to listen um but the, your, your, your listening is is through that tracking analyzing piece tracking analyzing and even in ads in uh facebook or instagram or linkedin when you have an ad people start start a conversation and sometimes they don't realize that it was actually an ad that it was a sponsor post they just start just like if it was organic. So if you're absent from that conversation, uh, then the conversation is going to take many, it's, it's, okay. it, it can go anywhere. So it's engaging. If you the, are in the, okay. exactly. If you're in the conversation, it shows that you're listening and you can um, control the conversation a little bit more. Okay. So any ads that you or your team are putting out there, you need to be, <clears throat> or the team will, uh, need to be tracking the, any comments, any, and, and then responding to that. So you were a part of that conversation. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, and you're monitoring your success in building that community. I have a client um, that is a it's a plus size um, clothing client. And when they started, um, before they came with us, their their comments, they just turn off comments altogether okay. um, because um, they saw a lot of negative comments about the price okay. and the how they were approaching um, that segment, that audience. So what we did first was analyze the audience, listen to the audience in other channels and, and in other, in their organic um, uh, interactions with with brands and um, focus our attention in these new audience that we had identified, turn on the comments and um, gave them the content that they wanted to actually receive. So yes, the, the negative comments still came from time to time. But the cool thing is that we build such a community through paid ads that actually the community themselves were protecting the brand and defending the brand 
or defending the content whenever that was happening. So we didn't have to hide or delete comments. The community themselves actually rally around the brand. Um, because the brand made that conversation. Yes, because the brand engage, the brand engage, and the brand also look at the audience and, and and gave them the content that it was appropriate for that audience. So it was a fascinating thing to see happen because we were growing their followers, we were growing their the engagement in a very positive way because they were involved. Um, it's scary. Negative comments are always scary. What would you advise? Uh, how would you advise a brand to respond to negative comments? So there are some negative comments that are not useful at all. Like whenever people bully other members of the community, those comments have no use in a conversation. Um, negative comments. I would say the first thing is do not get defensive. Right. And this goes into organic, but but because we, we use it in paid, um, that's why I'm, I'm talking about it. Um, but don't get defensive, which is really difficult to make, especially if you're an entrepreneur that put their heart out there in the product that you're making, right? So listen to it, listen to the feedback, and maybe you can or cannot do anything about it, but just tell them you're listening. There is contrast uh, feedback that will make you identify new opportunities. That's always useful. And then there's misinformation. And that's your opportunity to actually tell your side of the story. Okay. So, um, you know, I have a lot, I have a client that is renewable energy and there is very strong feelings for and against renewable energy and what type. Sure. And there is also a lot of misinformation about such, um, such products. So a negative so comment actually service. can be an opportunity to engage and educate. Exactly. To engage and see, I, I see what you're saying, but actually this is how we do things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and just actually give factual information about it or redirect their attention or is it's, it's a great opportunity to educate people in your industry, in your product, in your brand. Uh, not, I'm sure that not many listeners would think that a marketing or a, a digital marketing campaign is something that you press a button and leave, you know, you, you set up, press a button and leave. It, it, it's certainly not. And the more we've, delved into aspects of this conversation it's a living breathing thing you need a relationship with that audience you need to constantly connect and and add value and listen to and learn from um in a very interactive way so it, it it's a team sport really inside a business isn't it it is it is it is and you need to be a partner i mean we're an agency so we need to be a partner with our clients because it's such an intimate dance yeah yeah right it's a dance so, between you and um, your clients, but it's also a dance between the brand and the, and, and the brand's target market. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lot of people dancing. <laughs> yes, a, 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 a very noisy. Yeah, lots of people in that dynamic dancing, but also <laughs> then you add the competition in there into that space as well. There, are a lot of opportunity yeah. for people to step on each other's feet. Yeah. Yes, yes, and that is why going back to our conversation, um, the beginning of the conversation, it is so easy to set up an ad and do it wrong because Mm. there is a lot of nuances that the brand or the person that set it up may not have thought about is not only the technical stuff where you can just press the wrong button and spend $5,000 in one day when you wanted to spend it over six months. Um, But it's also the comments and the engagement and just looking at 
why my ad is working or why my ad is not working and how can I duplicate that success or how can I solve that, that lack of success? So, um, and with that, an ad doesn't make sales does not mean that it's not successful. Engagement sometimes is actually as valuable. And guess what? When people engage with your ad, you can retarget them. Yeah, yeah. So you can actually, okay, now you know me. So now let's take it to the next step. And analyzing yeah. how to take that next step uh, is actually uh, something And you're taking them further down that know. buying journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, is there yeah. a certain size of business that uh, the economics stack for them to work with, to partner with an agency for digital marketing, paid advertising? Yes. Uh, so if you want an agency that is going to take care of your ads, um, that it's you you want optimization out of your ads, you don't just want to set it and forget sure. it. If you want a partnership, I, I would say you have to be thinking about spending in media alone um, anywhere from a thousand, uh, you know, minimum a thousand to thousand dollars a month. That's your ad um, spend. That, ad spend. Yep. Yeah. Just add spend. So, and then whenever you look at your agency, if your agency is going to cost you more than your media, then that's not a good okay. thing. So, if you're going to spend five hundred dollars in ad spend, and then your agency is going to charge you a thousand, then there is a lot of opportunity for improvement in that relationship. So, um, but as as a as a brand itself, you can do a lot with just five hundred dollars. Um, if you have the right people in house, uh, you can, you can go down to $5 a day and have an impact if you know where to invest that money. So we were talking about how, um, nowadays there's a lot of eyeballs on news feeds. There's a lot of eyeballs in the platforms. So find where that your audience most importantly, your audience, not just any audience, but your audience is, and find the format that will get you the most out of your bug. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe maybe you love newsfeed ads, but maybe it's the time to change to right-hand ads. Okay. Um, right? So maybe you love to put video out there, but video tends not to convert as well. So maybe go with pictures right now. Uh, maybe go with... I love Instagram polls, paid media polls, where you ask a question to your audience because you're achieving many objectives um, and um, you can interact with your audience, you can listen to your audience, you can learn, and you get your brand name out there. So um, those are things that you, you need to know which stone to turn to get what you really want. Right. That. That, that's a, a, a gem, a gold nugget in its own right about um, paid um, post on Instagram where you're asking your audience a question. I think that's a, that's a, yeah. that's a, a very powerful takeaway. Um, there's been some really uh, interesting threads to our conversation about the dance between the different stakeholders, between agencies and the customer, uh, sorry, agencies and, the, uh, and your client, the brand, uh, uh, and the customer mm-hmm. market, about zoning in on your target market and listening and paying attention yep. and specifically tracking, analyzing and researching. So you can either refine your target market or you can refine your offering to that market. Mm-hmm. All, all of these 
are not only really good marketing principles, but they're actually even more pertinent right now as we're going through changing behaviours, both through COVID-19 and, and any economic downturn. Um, yeah. Wow, thank you. That was a, that was a, there was a lot we packed into that conversation, <laughs> and I'm sure... Um, we did. I, I'm, sh- I'm sure people may want to sort of rewind and listen to certain parts of that again. If people want to find out about the team at Spring Hill Digital and you, yourself, Nira, how do they do that? Um, you can go to our website, springhilldigital.com. You can also find us in LinkedIn um, and in Facebook. So um, we put little articles. We, we love sharing knowledge. We really do. So um, we publish about once a week um, an article that may be really relevant um, to your audience at uh, certain times. And your so, sweet spot in terms of your the, the kind of clients that you love to work with, that you make great partners to? Yeah. Um, you know, we work with small to medium companies. Sure. Uh, those, those, that's our sweet spot. Uh, we almost take any industry um, as long as they have a dedicated budget for paid media. That's that's important. Uh, between one so thousand and two thousand dollars a paid budget a month. Yeah. yeah. Oh, of 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 spending ads. Spend. Ad spend. Yeah. So if they have that much, which now maybe actually an interesting time because a lot of events have been closed. Sure. So if you're trying to find out what to do with that marketing budget and where to get that brand awareness, um, now is a good time to invest in digital. And even if you were just marketing to other businesses, um, I will you know, direct you to places like LinkedIn and LinkedIn. The difference is that um, it's very expensive where in Facebook, you can have 20 cents a click LinkedIn for a right-hand ad. You probably cannot go lower than two or three cents. That means your newsfeed is more in like the $11. So it's very expensive to make mistakes in LinkedIn, but it's a very effective channel, especially B2B. So that's the trade-off. Yeah, a lot of a lot of companies may consider it. Yeah, great. Thank you so much for your time today. Really, really enjoyed that. Uh, there's a, a number of really great gems in there. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Nira. Thank you very much. Thank you. Some key insights for me from the conversation I've just had with Nira. You know, the importance of shifting the focus of your marketing team from marketing to tracking, analyzing, researching. So your marketing department in the short term becomes a research department. I thought it was a really interesting perspective. Why? So that you can undercover new buying habits, new language that your customers are using, so that you can change either who you are targeting or that you can change what you were offering um, your target market. Another key quote that jumped out for me is, it's not a question of when to sell, it's a question of who to sell to. And and also a nugget at the end about Instagram paid posts, uh, putting out Instagram paid posts, where you ask a question to increase brand awareness, uh, but to create, importantly, engagement with your audience. So your post on Instagram is a paid, it's a, it's a paid and, and promoted post, but it's a question to your audience to increase uh, en- engagement and obviously brand awareness. I hope you enjoyed that. Looking forward to the next episode. And in the meantime, remember to book your free place on the Game Changer Summit by going to bit.ly forward slash Game Changer Gavin. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms. 
Enjoy more success and create more impact.